Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Back on Rutherford Issues, powered by Middle Tennessee Electric. They're sharing change, funded by members who round up their electric bills to the nearest dollar each month as a donation. By doing that, you're supporting hundreds of nonprofits, $11 million and growing, thanks to you. If you're not part of Sharing Change and would be interested in rounding up your bill, go to sharingchange.org to find out more information. Talk today about the Heart of Tennessee chapter of the American Red Cross, and we have the man himself, the executive director, John Mitchell, who uh, is... Typically, this time of the year, John, I guess you're, it just seems to be a, an annual occurrence in the uh, late summer, early fall and hurricane response and headed to Florida, I hear. I am. So it was about this time last year that I went on a two-week deployment, um, you know, working with the other uh, Red Cross responders and our great community partners in hurricane relief efforts for Hurricane Ian. So I'll be headed to Tallahassee late this afternoon and spending two weeks um, in the Tallahassee area, really North Georgia or uh, North Florida and South Georgia is the bigger impacted areas that I know of into the Carolinas. Um, But yeah, that's, uh, you know, when they say it's hurricane season, we're not, I don't even think we're officially halfway through it. A lot of activity. It's been a pretty busy season, but that's what we're here for is to respond, uh, you know, when people are, um, you know, just having maybe their worst, uh, worst day of the year. Yeah. And the, the thing about this, uh, Adelia that came in, in the bend of Florida, it is amazing that there's any coastline that had not seen uh, a hurricane like that, uh, since the 1800s, but that is exactly what happened. And when you look at Florida, you understand the panhandle, but then they call it the Big Bend and, uh, you know, the Tallahassee area in that Big Bend. Cedar Key, I think, was one that was uh, very hard hit. But you mentioned Georgia and just the amount of rain that fell through there really did some damage, it seems. It did. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things that we know is, you know, that, uh, you know, the devastation, you know, left on, uh, you know, we've got a lot of workers that are, providing comfort, support, and relief. But many of the communities affected by Adelia, they're in remote areas, and people are choosing to stay in their homes rather than travel to a shelter. So um, what the Red Cross is focusing on is bringing relief directly to them, um, including meals, cleanup kits, you know, other resources uh, that they may need. And so that's uh, we kind of have to adjust how we're going to serve the community based off of some of their cultural or um, geographic, uh, you know, situations. I, I, that is a very interesting point. You know, we, we hear that, you know, no disaster, you know, no, no hurricane is the same in terms of the weather it brings, but I, I'm sure in terms of the response as well, um, if more people stayed in their homes and, you know, are staying that means you have to, for them to get the resources, go to them many times. So that's kind of going to be the uh, game plan here, it seems. Yeah, and and I learned that when I was uh, 
uh, down in Florida last year, you know, we, we may end up uh, set up a, a pop-up site to where we see where traffic flow is, and that may be a site where there's a Red Cross presence, and they may have uh, cleanup, uh, you know, tools like it's rakes or shovels, and, of course, water is always uh, something of need, and then the meals um, is a big thing. So we have what we call herb drivers go into communities, and it's really – I can tell you it was at least three weeks, maybe maybe two to three weeks after the, the you know, Hurricane Ian had to hit landfall when I went. And they were still, uh, it was still a very fluid situation of identifying where um, the herb trucks were going. Um, because, you know, some people are moving to the shelter, then they move back home. Um, then all of a sudden somebody, you know, uh, what makes us aware that this community, uh, needs the service, but we just didn't know. And so we're constantly, um, throughout the whole process, just, uh, assessing, you know, where the greatest need is taking it to them, working with community partners like FEMA, but there's a lot of churches that really come down and work with us, like doing the, uh, meals. We'll, we'll provide the funding. Our funding will provide for a lot of the meals, but then we may have, like a Baptist Association or a Church of Christ Association come in and bring some people in to help uh, provide the meals. So it's it's kind of encouraging to see everybody come together from all um, all states, all backgrounds. Um, they, you know, there it really is a, a a humanitarian heart out there, and that's encouraging to see firsthand. John Mitchell is with us today. He's the executive director of the Heart of Tennessee chapter of the American Red Cross and uh, preparing to deploy to Florida this afternoon and to the uh, Big Bend area that suffered the, uh, I guess, direct hit from Hurricane Idalia. But uh, that storm, not only the uh, storm surge in that area, but the heavy rain and uh, Georgia, I mean, they, they set all kinds of records in terms of the rainfall there. So plenty uh, of work to do. Now you, you mentioned in that John, just a second ago, an IRV vehicle or something like that. What is that? Yeah. Emergency response vehicle. Okay. And so, and then there's another, yeah, we, uh, we're heavy with acronyms yeah. <laughs> and it drives me crazy within. And so I end up, you know, uh, starting to, to talk lingo outside too. And then we have something called a MERV, but that's uh, a little different in the sense the MERV is definitely uh, one of these vans you see that's got a tall ceiling, but we're going to take tarps and rakes and uh, shovels and um, all these kind of things you need in that initial cleanup, the cleanup kits. Um, an IRV most likely looks more like a box truck, and it's a feeding vehicle. So it's going to, we'll have, like I said, we'll have one central location where one of our feeding partners is preparing the meals um, and then they pick up the meals and then they know to take it to various shelters or various uh, uh, points of, the, you know, like I said, if people are staying in their homes, we know to go right in that community and have a, a schedule of when we arrive so they know they can come get a meal. It just takes, you know, they're dealing with a lot. They may be, um, you know, tarping up a hole in their house. They're looking for stuff. And so when they can just, know that we're going to provide a meal um it's very humbling they're very appreciative and um we you know a lot of things that we do we talk about the tarps and the, the meals and all that but 
a lot of it is um, it's not as tra- transactional as much as it's you know humanitarian and transformational in the sense that sometimes they just want to talk, you know, and so the mental health component um, plays a big role in just just talking to somebody, letting them you know talk about what they went through, and you being there to help them is, is part of their recovery process. John, uh, as we've mentioned hurricane season we've got another six weeks two months uh of that there's another storm that's you know out there a category five storm i think it's lee or something like that but yeah have no idea whether that's going to make landfall in the united states or not but i mean uh even if it's in the islands puerto rico haiti uh i mean there's there's usually a disaster response to those areas as well so uh you know it's just kind of par for the course this time of the year it seems yeah Definitely so. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Brian, if we was to take, uh, and I've said this before, but there was a model of time in between us responding to a major, um, you know, disaster. And it's went from, you know, 20 days two years ago to 12 days between us responding to a big uh, disaster because it was Maybe a month and a half ago, the you know uh, a typhoon, I guess as they call it, hit Guam, which we have a military presence there. We still have people in Guam. Uh, then, of course, the uh, unbelievable, you know, tragic scene in, in Hawaii. Yeah. Um, it's just you know heartfelt. We've last week we had three of our um, volunteers respond, uh, go on deployment two of them to Hawaii after Sandy had been there for three weeks. And then, um, and Sandy, that's Sandy Hughes. Um, we're talking hurricane. So when I said Sandy, I thought I better clear that up. <laughs> yeah. that first, not the hurricane. Um, and, um, uh, uh, one of them, uh, was going down to uh, Florida for two weeks and she's decided to stay, uh, another week to help. So uh, I say that to let everybody know we're stretched pretty thin. We've got a great volunteer base. Ninety percent of what we do is volunteers. Um, people like myself that are staff members, we'll, we'll get in there and work right with them. Uh, but we really lean on the volunteer uh, component. So if you've ever thought about wanting to respond to something like this, uh, this is a good time to get in and get some of the training. You can go to redcross.org. Um, feel free to call my cell phone. Well, I guess you might want to text me in the next uh, couple of weeks, but, um, you know, we'd love to sit down and talk to you. The options are not, Hey, you join the red cross and you're going on a plane to Florida. The options start with, Hey, I may want to just be on a team and do homes made safer presentations and install smoke alarms in my neighborhood. That, that's a volunteer opportunity. Then it can, you know, accelerate to, yeah, I, I think I'd like to, I've got a little more time and um, I could be part of the disaster action team that responds to house fires. You know, we have over 100 house fires that are going to happen annually in our 10 chapter, uh, 10 county chapter. So, you know, that's one of the biggest needs we have. We have some people that sign up to be a, a blood ambassador, which means they help check people in that at the blood drives, whether it's at our fixed site or offsite. So there's a wide range of volunteer opportunities from doing it very local, uh, based off of your schedule, 
um, to the point if you're ever ready and, you know, would have the time and the ability to go on a deployment like I'm going. John, uh, one final thing, got about a minute or so here. Um, one of the big things that's coming up is the uh, blood battle, Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, and uh, this is going to help with obviously the the blood shortage critically low on blood and uh, I think you've got a goal of about 400 units for the uh, bleed blue blood drive which is uh, coming up here on the uh, 25th through the 27th of this month yeah and here's a, a little bit of a, a sales pitch if you will um, not only do we want you to come and give blood because we need it but this is an opportunity for you to drive on MTSU's campus and park close to your destination without any hassle. Yeah. I mean, that that's a great incentive of, of anything. So we have 16 parking spots reserved. You drive up to the rec center, you're giving blood, you just uh, park in that spot, walk in, give blood. could take about an hour uh, to do the whole process. You get a T-shirt. There's some other uh, Amazon uh, e-gift cards that are available. Um, so it's, it's a great opportunity and it's really staffed up too. So if you're going to do a blood drive and you haven't done it before, there's going to, when you walk in, you're, they're very expedient with how they do that because it's the biggest blood drive we have all year. And we have a lot of staff there on hand, ready to help. Yeah. And again, that's the uh, 25th, 26th and 27th from 11 AM until 6 PM. You can, um, uh, find out more about that on our website as well and uh, be sure to uh, give the gift of life there's a sign up uh, if you just search for the bleed blue beat wku and uh, on our website you'll be able to find where you can actually get that uh, as well and a big time out there um, and you're you're helping a lot of folks so and it's always nice to beat western kentucky in anything yes yes we call <laughs> it uh 100 Miles of Hope now, uh, as opposed to <laughs> the other name. Um, but, yeah, we're still competitive. We've been uh, victorious every year, and we want to keep that going. And um, I, I'd give another quick shout-out to the um, Blue Goose uh, golf tournament that's happened. And the Blue Goose uh, International Pond is an uh, agency. It's a, a conglomerate of some insurance agencies that do some good. So next Friday at Indian Hills, they're doing a golf tournament, and the Red Cross is the beneficiary. So um, thank you to those people that are um, making us uh, the recipient of a good time and people donating for a good cause. John, appreciate you spending some time with us, and uh, safe travels to Florida, okay? Okay, thank you, Brian. We'll keep you posted, and um, uh, if, if it ever works out, I could give a check-in from down there. Okay. If not, I'll see you when I get back. Let's do that. All right, John, appreciate it. John Mitchell joining us today here on Rutherford Issues. A reminder, if you missed part of the program, go back and check the podcast on our website. Also, wherever you listen to audio, Spotify, Apple Music, any of those places, you'll be able to find us. This is Lenny Farmer with Jennings and Ayers Funeral Home. Did you know that you can plan your funeral in advance without actually paying for your funeral in advance? In other words, if it's not a convenient